how come I'm not with him yeah. if I'm too good? I'm so great. Yeah. Why is no one with me? Good morning, Mo. How are you today? (laughs) Good morning, Christina. I am okay. We're doing okay. I um, slept in my twin-sized bed with my boyfriend last night, and my back hurts. I love that. Nice and cozy. My back fucking hurts, (laughs) and he's a ball of heat, so I had to. (laughs) I was cold all night because I couldn't put the covers Mm. on. Um, so we have a few reviews that we get to talk about today. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, the first one is from Christina mm-hmm. G. Lovely lady. Yeah, good friend of the pod. Definitely. Huge supporter. We were thinking something really like, I don't know how to describe her music. I mean, lots of like Carol King, mm-hmm. Fleetwood Mac, melodically beautiful, emotionally vulnerable. Yes. Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. Hand in my pocket. Yeah. I can picture it. She's traveling along. Maybe her character is like, I'm not sure what's happening right now. I'm trying to figure it out. And by the end of the montage, you figure that shit out. Yeah, I can totally see it. I know she's a big Alanis fan, so I feel like it's perfect. Next, we have a review from Olivia, and we perused your Instagram to try and get some inspo. We want to get to know you a little better, and we decided to go with Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. I can totally see you just, like, traveling the globe, seeing all these wonders. Feeling emotionally, like, just connected to the earth. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for the reviews, you guys. We really appreciate it. Um, if you would like to have a shout-out in our next episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and you can always DM us and let us know, and we'll be happy to peruse your Instagram. Yeah, and if you even wanted to, like, send us a DM and just be like, I reviewed your podcast and then tell us a little bit about yourself or some movies that Mm -hmm. you like. Yeah. Yeah. Also, send us movie requests if you want to hear about a certain movie. Yeah, we would love to hear them. So, shall we get into today's movie? I think we should jump right in. So, today we are doing the 1995 iconic, show-stopping, classic, Clueless. This movie has been done. By so many girls on Halloween, okay? Mm-hmm. You've seen it, the plaid, the short skirt. But what is Clueless actually about? Not many people, well, I'm sure a lot of people know, but not many people know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So we're really going to deep dive into like Cher's psyche today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This movie, in case you weren't aware, is actually an adaptation of Emma by Jane Austen, which I have never read, but I have heard that there's actually a lot of Easter eggs throughout the movie that reference mm-hmm. it. It was written and directed by Amy Heckerling, who is a fellow alum of NYU, our good, good friend. Her close personal friend, Amy. Yeah. What's up, Anne? <laughs> I remember on the first day at, like, orientation at NYU, I walked into the, like, film building, mm-hmm. and there's, like, a giant Clueless poster because she went there, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, like, right next to, like, a Martin Scorsese poster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this movie is one of my favorites. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah. The cast is, like, super talented. I mean, we have Alicia Silverstone. This was like her big breakout role. Um, I mean, there's also Stacey Dash, but we don't really want to talk about. I don't like 
Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't want to talk about that. We're just going to kind of breeze past her her personal choices. Yeah. Paul Rudd. Oh, my God. Paul Rudd. Yeah. I'm <sighs> having a little bit of a meltdown when I see him in this film. Yeah. And it's even more shocking because he looks exactly the same today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that man. He's way taller than I thought. How tall is he? I don't know how tall he is in real life. I just picture Alicia Silver Silverstein Silverstone. Stone. I picture Alicia Silverstone to be way taller than me. Like all the girls in that movie look tall. I assume that she was probably like the same height as me, like probably like five seven, maybe five eight. Yeah. Yeah. We also have Brittany Murphy, who was just an incredible, incredible performer. And um, seeing her so young in this movie is always wild. I agree. Yeah. There's so much I could say about Brittany. Next week, we're actually going to be doing another Brittany Murphy movie. So we'll definitely dive more into that in our next episode. But yeah. Yeah, this movie is great. And I feel like what has really made it still so culturally relevant is the fashion. Because it is so 90s, but still like so in fashion today because the 90s are, you know, extremely back. Yeah. But I feel like everything that Cher is wearing, people would wear today. Yeah. I honestly like the writing of this film. There are so Mm. many like one-liners throughout. So many references. Yeah. And the way that Cher talks and like um, Dion and Ty, Mm -hmm. it's just so like colloquial and fun and funny. Yeah. This movie's so good. So let's hit it. Yeah. So opening shot of the movie, you hear Kids in America's playing. See this montage of Cher Horowitz's life. So she is going shopping. She's having pool parties, like driving around in her Jeep with her friends, just like fun in the sun. And then the first line of the movie is, I know what you're thinking. Is this an Oxima commercial or what? But seriously, I actually have a way normal life for a teenage girl. And then we cue like Cher getting ready in the morning for her day. And oh my gosh, she sits down at her computer. It's insane. Yeah. It has like a touchscreen, which I feel like they didn't really have that much in 95. Yeah. I, I feel like this was like very advanced technology. 100. Yeah. It's like an outfit selector. So she like goes through and picks out different combos and it says if it's a mismatch or if it's like a good look. And I remember watching this when I was a kid and being like, oh my god this is the coolest hecking thing i've ever seen my entire life i need to have this when i grow up and obviously i never got it i'm sure there's an app that does this for you but yeah probably it's not the same if i don't have like a dedicated monitor just for outfit selection i don't want it it reminds me of the hannah montana closet do you remember the gigantic closet like this oh my gosh this is hannah's clothes yeah totally The next character we're introduced to is Daddy. Daddy is a litigator, which is the scariest type of lawyer. And Daddy is scary, okay? She's like, he makes 500 an hour, which I'm simply passing out at that point. I pass out cold. And um, and then there's a shot of, like, Lucy, their maid, just running away from him as he passes through the foyer. And Cher is like, he fights with me for free because I'm his daughter. But it's clear that they have a really close bond. Cher makes sure her dad has all of his things. And 
She's like, you should see your parents. Here's some vitamin C. Make sure you're eating healthy. Like, Cher is clearly really on top of everything. Mm-hmm. And at this point, when they're in the kitchen, Daddy is like, Cher, your stepbrother is coming for dinner. And apparently, this is like Daddy's ex-wife. And Cher is like, I do not want Josh to come over. Fuck him. Fuck his family. He's not your son. But she says it like in a much more playful way than that. Mm-hmm. And Cher's father is like, you divorce wives, not children. I think that they try really hard to set up like in the beginning because she says like you were married for a minute like five years ago to like reinforce the audience like they did not grow up together. They were like barely step siblings. Let's try to not make this weird. It's all good. It's not incest. But you know, it's tricky territory. Yeah. It's like the Cher's whole MO is like he's not my brother. Yeah. So after breakfast, Cher gets in her loked out Jeep. She's like, yeah, I don't have a license yet, but I needed something to learn on. And I'm like, this is a nice ass Jeep in 95. This probably costs like over $20,000. And she is oh, absolutely atrocious driver. Oh, just terrible. Terrible. Yeah. I'm a bad driver. Okay. Her <laughs> driving is off the charts. Yeah. So she goes to pick up her best friend Dion and she says in her like voiceover, there's a lot of like voiceover in this movie, which typically I don't really like, but I feel like it very much works. Oh, yeah. She says that like this is her best friend Dion. They bonded because they both know what it's like to have people be jealous of them. And they were both named after famous singers who now do infomercials. How horrid. I saw an infomercial last night with Adina Menzel. Oh, my gosh. What was it for? Um, it was for Geico. It was for Geico. Oh my god! And I was like, I'm having a meltdown. Adina. <laughs> Adina, baby, I know the theaters yeah. are closed, but come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she probably got paid like a shit ton of money for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Dion is wearing like a very similar plaid outfit. Like this is where Cher is wearing that like iconic yellow mm-hmm. plaid outfit. And Dion is wearing like a black and red one. But she also is wearing this like top hat which looks like it looks like something you would wear at the kentucky derby yeah um yeah that's when like Cher talks about how dion has very courageous fashion efforts and they both kind of like go back and forth and roast each other about their outfits like Cher's like oh shopping with dr seuss Uh so clearly they're like it's like a very legitimate i think take on female friendship yeah they seem to be like very close i like i like their relationship a lot so yeah while they're driving Cher runs a stop sign um she's totally a menace to all who drive in <laughs> la and yeah they're off to school yes uh before school they're walking in on, on the sidewalk and diana is complaining about how her boyfriend murray is paging her incessantly and we got a little voiceover of Cher talking about how Dion and Murray have a super dramatic relationship and makes an Ike and Tina Turner reference. Ooh. Ay-ay-ay. Yeah. So Murray, Dion's boyfriend, strolls up. And just to give you a, a picture, if you're not familiar, this is Turk from Scrubs, okay? Um, <laughs> except he's younger and he has braces. And he has these, like, baggy pants on. And the first word out of his mouth is woman. He's like, woman, how come you haven't been responding to me? I hate it. And they get into a fight in front of everyone outside of school. There's like a crowd that gathers around Sam as they're having this argument. And he's like, you're jeeping. And she pulls out, which I'm like, have you been carrying this the entire time? She pulls (laughs) out a polyester ass hair extension that she found in his car. If I'm jeeping, explain this, bitch. And he asks Mm -hmm. her if it's her time of the month. 
And everyone's like, <gasps> yeah. So then Cher is like, I'm Audi, which they say like constantly throughout this whole movie. Walks away. Her internal monologue is like, I don't know why Dion is like going out with a high school boy. And she says, they're like dogs. You have to clean them and feed them. And they're just these nervous creatures that jump and slobber all over you. And I'm like, <laughs> true. Yeah. And then some like fucking asshat comes over and just like puts his arm around Cher. And she promptly shoves him away and yells, ew, get off of me. Ugh, as if. And this is our first encounter with the iconic line of the movie, as if. I love it. It's a great moment. Yeah, Phil was like, when I told him what movie we were doing, he was like, as if. And I'm like, you've never watched this. You don't even know what you're talking about. But they do say that a lot in the movie. Mm -hmm. Inside school, um, shares in class, they're debating whether or not oppressed people should be able to seek refuge in America. And Cher is pro and Amber, this other girl in class. What's the actress name that plays Amber? Do you know? Um, no, I can look it up, though. She looks super familiar. I think she plays the mom in The Secret Life of the American Teenager. Elisa Donovan? Elisa Donovan, okay. Getting her confused with 16 Candles Girl. Oh, Molly Ringwald? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, different era. That was yeah. the 80s. So Cher holds her gum on her finger while she gives her speech <laughs> and says that the Haitians should be able to come into America. And she's like, well, let me give you an example. One time I had this totally formal sit-down dinner and I prepared enough for people who RSVP'd. And then all these people showed up who did not RSVP. So I had to go into the kitchen rearrange a few things and it was a really happy party. And she says, if the U.S. could just go into the kitchen and rearrange a few things. We could certainly party with the Hadians. It does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Great line. Great line. That whole speech is iconic. And a fun fact is that Alicia Silverstone didn't actually know how to pronounce Haitians, and she just said Hadians. And Amy Heckerling was like, nobody tell her, because this is so fucking funny. Like, we're going to leave it in. It's perfect. And I think this speech is actually, like, very subversive for, like, a so-called airhead rich white girl. She's, like, pro-immigration. Mm -hmm. I do agree. It does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. Hell yeah. I think that she is uh, proving a good point. I can totally see her teacher being like, you did no research and yeah. like, pull this out of your ass. So uh, here's a bad grade. But mm -hmm. after she gives her speech, Amber refuses to answer because she's like, how could I answer to that? Like, does anyone hear her? She sounds ridiculous, <laughs> which you're not like entirely wrong, but the debate is over. Everyone sits down. And Mr. Hall asks if anyone has any insights after share speech. Travis, the resident like stoner, skateboarder guy, says he has insight. The way he feels about the Rolling Stones is the way his kids are going to feel about Nine Inch Nails. So he should probably stop tormenting his mom. And <laughs> I love him. I, know. I love Travis. I think he's so sweet. Yeah, he's the best dude in this whole movie, honestly. Yeah. After that, Mr. Hall hands out report cards. Um, Travis gets up to jump out the first floor window. <laughs> There's like a whole thing of him like trying to get out and while Sean is just like, get back in here. Save your suicide attempts for next period. And um, yeah. cut to 
Cher, who is in absolute shock. She got a C in debate. She calls Dee immediately after class and they meet up in the hallway and talk about how Mr. Hall is way, way harsh. So then we get back to Cher's house. And we see, like, a beautiful exterior shot. And oh my she's God. like, isn't my house classic? The columns date all the way back to 1972. That shit looks like the White House. <laughs> this movie came out in 95. So 72 is not oh, that long that's ago. that's not that. <laughs> I never noticed that. Yeah. Isn't it classic? <laughs> it's less than 20 years old. Yeah. So then we get inside and we see this like simply gigantic portrait of Cher's mom from like the 70s. Cher's like, wasn't my mom a Betty? Apparently she died when Cher was a baby during a routine liposuction accident. And Cher doesn't remember her, but she likes to think that she watches over her. Just sweet. Yeah. Um, Cher hears dreary music playing and she realizes Josh is around because he's a little emo bitch and <laughs> she goes over to insult his music taste. She's like, yuck, what is it about college and crybaby music? Direct attack at me. <laughs> That's all that I listen to. <laughs> It is pretty, like, dreary, but I'm like, this isn't bad. It's not bad yeah. music. But he responds with who's watching the Galleria. She insults his flannel shirt, and they tease each other, and that's, like, the basis of their relationship. They kind of, like, make dicks at each other. He pinches her waist and says, oh, wow, you're filling out there. Mm-mm. Nope. I don't like that. Don't like it at all. That's not appropriate. So Cher then says that she hopes he isn't thinking of staying here. He's like, oh, I wish, but I got a place in Westwood near school. I'm assuming UCLA, probably. Yeah. And she says, shouldn't you go to school on the East Coast? I heard that girls at NYU aren't at all particular. And I'm like, a direct attack. Another direct attack. But she is not wrong. <laughs> I know. I'm like thinking about the like piece of scum people that I dated yeah. in college. Yeah. They're on the couch um, watching TV now, and he changes the channel from Beavis and Butthead to CNN. You can tell he's a very sophisticated college student. Mm. Um, he tells Cher in some parts of the universe, maybe not in any contemporary casual, but maybe in some, it's considered cool to know what's going on in the world. And she's like, thank you, Josh. I so needed lessons from you on how to be cool. Tell me that part about Kenny G again. What happened to Kenny G? Is he still doing things? He's just playing away in his uh, jazz. Just playing his jazz. Just a jazz boy. Yeah. It's like they really nail into our heads that Josh is like a studious nerd type and Cher <laughs> is more of like a fun loving fashion type. Josh is like every single pretentious guy that we went to school with. Yeah. He would have fit in very, very well at NYU. Yeah. Especially there's one scene that's coming up that is like... Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. so... Yeah. So, at dinner, Daddy asked Josh if he's thought about their discussion about corporate law, but Josh wants to do environmental law. Mm -hmm. And Daddy is like, why? Like, do you want to have a miserable life? And Cher's like, oh, don't worry, Daddy. Josh will have a miserable life no matter what he does. That was a good one. That was really good Yeah. One. And then daddy is like, you know, at least he's in a good college. I'd like to see you have some direction. And then he asked Cher about her report card. And she's like, oh, it isn't ready yet. Some teachers are trying to lowball me. And you always say never to accept the first offer. So this is just a jumping off point to start negotiations. I'm like, whoa, this girl is so heckin' bold. I yeah, have no choice the but to stand. The audacity, the nerve. <laughs> yeah. 
So then Daddy, like, gets on the phone and starts yelling at somebody. And Cher calls Josh a brown noser. (laughs) And he calls her a superficial space cadet. And he, like, questions her whole strategy of, like, arguing to change her grades. And she's like, I've done it every other semester, bitch. That's kind of wild. Yeah. She's not even, she's like, I'm not stressed. Are you kidding me? It's in the bag. (laughs) So Cher's campaign. She tells her PE teacher that an evil man broke her heart. She promises Miss Geis to start a letter-writing campaign to her representatives about violations to the Clean Air Act. But Mr. Hall won't budge. He is like, I'm not changing your grade because nothing can get to him. Mr. Hall is like a brick wall right now. Cher doesn't know Mm -hmm. what the angle is here. So she's like, I felt impotent and out of control. And obviously there's only one thing to do in that situation. Go to the mall. At the mall, Cher is still really unsure what to do about Mr. Hall. And Dion is like, you should just get over it because Mr. Hall is a miserable little man who wants to make everyone around him miserable too. But Cher realizes in that moment that there's only one thing to do. Make Mr. Hall sublimely happy. Yeah, so then we get a little breakdown of Mr. Hall, who is played by the incredible Wallace Shawn. He is 47. He's single. She says he earns minor ducats at a thankless job. And what he needs is a good, healthy boink fest. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently there's a major babe drought in the school, except for maybe Miss Geist. She's a little bit of a mess, but Cher thinks that she can make it work. So she writes Miss Geist a note from a secret admirer and quotes uh, Sonnet 18. Dion is like, that is fat. Did you write that? And Cher's <laughs> like, duh, it's like a famous quote. She's like, from where? Cliff's notes. I'm like, uh, the writing is so good. So Cher slips it into Geist's cubby along with a long-stemmed rose. Geist comes and, like, gets it, reads it, and she smiles. And Cher and Dee are like, oh, my God, it's working. Cut to Mr. Hall's class. He's going over everyone's tardies. Travis has 38 tardies, you know, which happens to people. It happens to people. It happened. Yeah. I probably had more than 38 tardies in high school. <laughs> Moving on, Cher has two tardies, and she's like, Hold on. I was riding the crimson wave last week. And Mr. Hall's like, okay, fine. Like, I'll excuse that one. And she's like, thank you. Miss Geist was right about you. And he's like, excusez-moi? Excusez-moi? And she's like, yeah, you know, she said you're the only one at this school with any intelligence. And Mr. Hall's like, mm, mm, hell yeah. (laughs) Take it back now. One hop this time. So back at home that night... Uh, Daddy calls Cher into his office and he is like, what the fuck is this? It's like a second notice for three outstanding tickets. And she's like, I don't remember getting a first notice. And he's like, the ticket is the first notice. Mm. And he's super mad and he forbids her to even get into that Jeep without anyone supervising her. No more cruising around town with Dion because two permits do not equal a license. I see his point. I see his point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want you to apply yourself. I expect you to become a good driver. And she's like, don't worry, daddy. I will practice real hard. So she's like, a licensed driver with nothing to do? Where would I find such a loser? Cut to Josh lying <laughs> right down poolside <laughs> wearing black pants, mm-hmm. sneakers, socks, long sleeve 
like black flannel shirt and like a jacket over it. And I'm like, you are in Los Angeles. How are you not just sweating your balls off? It is humid. Well, it's not humid, but it's extremely warm. And he is wearing sunglasses. He has like a really disgusting goatee and he's reading Nietzsche. And I'm going to throw up everywhere. Oh my God. So pretentious. So Cher comes over and she basically like forces him to be her supervised driver and drags him out of the house. In the Jeep, Josh tries helping her and giving her tips and asks if she wants to practice parking. But she's like, what's the point? Everywhere you go has valet. Oh, my God. You have a serious disconnect with reality. Mm -hmm. But Josh is like, "Okay, I, I have to get back to school soon. We are having a tree people meeting. Okay." to get Marky Mark to plant a celebrity tree. And that was like the most disgusting line he had this whole movie. (laughs) I just hate it so much. You sound dumb. I love the environment, but you sound so stupid. (laughs) Yeah. The Marky Mark reference did not age well, for sure. Yeah. Also, the whole like, he's like, I do so much for society. Like, I'm getting a celebrity to plant a tree. I'm a humanitarian. So... Josh and Cher talk about charity and doing things for other people. And Cher's like, look, I do all of these things for other people. Donations or contributions that she's made that hardly count, including Mm -hmm. her latest exploit, helping two lonely teachers find romance. Josh says her plan is totally self-serving and that if she ever did anything that wasn't 90% selfish, he'd die of shock. And she's like, that'd be reason enough for me. She's very, very like witty for a, what, 15, 16 year old. I feel like she just comes out of the cut with all these like amazing lines. Yeah. Whenever Josh fires something at her, she fires right back. Mm-hmm, totally. So the next day at school, Cher is starting to worry that she actually is selfish, but Dee reassures her that, like, Josh is just going through his, like, post-adolescent idealistic phase. And then she, like, runs over to Mr. Hall and she's like, Mr. Hall, like, I accidentally took my daddy's thermos of this, like, Italian roast. You should totally mm-hmm. have it. I'm not going to drink it. Maybe go share it with, I don't know, Miss Geist. So then the girls go and find Miss Geist and they give her, like, a 30-second makeover, like, take the gross clips out of her hair and, like, tie her jacket around her, like, very tiny waist and um, send her on her way. The quickest makeover I've ever seen. And then they see Geist and Hall sitting together on a bench, sharing the coffee. Um, Cher says that their, like, legs crossed towards each other is an unequivocal sex invite. Um, Oh, my God. And then Mr. Hall gets her digits. It's a steamy, steamy romance that begins. Back in class, Mr. Hall fixes his hair, pumps himself up, and a montage begins. The students, they get their reports back. A's all around. Everyone's happy. Elton kisses Cher on the cheek. A little foreshadowing moment. Cher and Dion see Miss Geist and Mr. Hall kiss in the parking lot. In class, Miss Geist is like, no homework this weekend. Have fun. <laughs> because she is getting some. She's happy. Yep. The entire student body was utterly grateful for the improvement in their grades. And everyone applauds Cher as she passes in the calf. She's like an angel. They all admire mm. a hero, really, to the school. <laughs> yeah, she was already the most popular girl in school, but now she's just on a whole new level. Yeah. 
So Cher gets home and daddy sees her report card. Her lowest grade is a B. Everything else is like A, A plus, A minus. Mm -hmm. Daddy is super impressed that she boosted her grades just through arguing. So the next day they're in gym class and these outfits are wild. Just wild. Yeah. The black and white color palette. Your fave could never Never. So everyone's just like waiting in line to go up and like hit a tennis ball from the like machine. I don't know what it's called that like shoots tennis mm-hmm. balls. And um, yeah, literally no one wants to do this gym class. Dee has a note from her tennis instructor that excuses her from class as to not derail his teachings. Amber's plastic surgeon doesn't want her doing anything where balls fly at her nose. And Dee's like, well, there goes your social life. Which, as a kid, I never understood what that meant. But as I got older, (laughs) I was like, ah, 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 I gotcha. In the midst of all this, enters Ty. Everything she's wearing is really big and baggy on her. She doesn't look as put together as the other girls. You can tell she's not really from here. So Amber makes fun of her, and Cher decides that they need to adopt her. Dion isn't into it, but Cher insists that they use their popularity for a good cause. And she calls Ty over to hang with them. Ty is like fresh off a plane from Jersey or somewhere on the East Coast. I can't, I think she might be from like Brooklyn. Maybe. She has some sort of like Jersey, Brooklyn y, maybe even Long Island accent. Um, mm, yeah. And she's like, I think Cher's like, are you okay? Like, can we get you anything? And she's like, I could really use some herbal refreshments. And they're like, lunch is in 10 minutes. She's like, we don't have tea, but we have Coke. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And she's like, oh, my God, you guys have Coke here? This really is a bridge school. Yeah, I think that um, I'm guessing Ty is probably like, quote unquote, like new money. Yeah. Whereas like there's more generational wealth um, (laughs) with everyone else in school. This is really an analysis of, you know, socioeconomic status and classism. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So Cher and Dion are like showing Ty around. They're like giving her the lowdown and all the clicks. Very clearly, this was like the blueprint for the cafeteria scene in Mean Girls. She talks about Alana's group. They do the TV station. There's the Persian mafia. Apparently, you can't hang with them unless you have a BMW. These are such niche clicks, too. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, there's Elton in the white vest with all the other popular boys in school, including Murray, Dion's boyfriend. And Cher says, if you choose to date a high school boy, those are the only acceptable ones. And Ty's like, oh, Cher, which one's your boyfriend? And she's like, (laughs) ugh, as if. And Cher refuses to date high school boys. Yeah. While she's explaining this, the perfect example walks up. Murray comes running up to Dion, calling her woman and asking for $5. So he kind of defends himself and he's like, the word woman might have mocking, but... It's not necessarily misogynistic undertones. Slang is becoming a more common form of expression. And Ty is like, oh my god, you guys talk like grown-ups. And they make Ty sound so dumb in this movie. Yeah. It's insane. I feel a little bad. But uh, Mm -hmm. Ty leaves to go get a soda and Dion says she's nice. And Cher is like just fucking feeling on top of the world about her new project. Yeah. So then in the cafeteria, Ty is getting her food and she meets Travis in the lunch line. And he like compliments the drawings that she has on her folder. And she compliments the stickers on his skateboard. They like chat and flirt. Mm -hmm. And they seem to have like a really sweet 
They seem like actual 15-year-olds. Yeah, totally. So then Ty goes to the table and tells Sharon D that she met this really cool guy. And then when they realize she's talking about Travis, they're like, stop right there. (laughs) It is one thing to spark up a doobie and get laced at parties, but is another to be fried all day. You're not wrong. No respectable girl dates the Lodies, and we don't want you to start off on the wrong foot. And then they decide that it's time to give Ty a makeover. And Ty is like, oh, I don't know. And they're like, oh, please, like, let Cher give you a makeover. It's her one joy in life. And then Ty agrees. And then she says, shit, you guys, I've never had straight friends before. And when I watched this as a kid, I always thought that she meant, like, she has never had heterosexual friends before. Because I didn't know, like, the term straight edge. But that is, like, what she's talking about. Yeah, I was confused about that, too. Because of, like, the Mm -hmm. rest of the context of the movie. Yeah. So they go and do a little makeover montage. The montages in this movie are pretty great. Yeah. Very informative, very Mm. engaging. So they wash Ty's awful Kool-Aid dye job out of her hair and put her hair in curlers. They have like those old-fashioned spongy curlers and a couple of soda Mm. cans. And they do her makeup. They look through the rotating closet. And honestly, the curls look good. The makeover is done. Mm-hmm. So Cher gets tied to aerobicize with her. They're watching like an old workout DVD and then... Yeah, like buns of steel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Josh watches from the doorway as Cher gives Ty a vocab lesson and homework. She has to watch alternating workout videos and read one non-school book a week. Cher's is fit or fat and Ty's is men are from Mars and women are from Venus. I'm like... Bro, this is a waste of your fucking time. Yeah. Josh is like, what the hell? And Cher is like, oh my gosh, now that's taken care of. We should go do something good for mankind for a few hours. And Josh (laughs) is like, okay. Yeah, time for me to intervene. So he walks in and Cher is like, oh, you know about this stuff. Like, what's something we could do for humanity? And he says, how about sterilization? Wild, wild retort. So Cher then follows him into the kitchen and she asks what like he thinks about Ty. And he says he's amazed that she found someone even more clueless than her. And he says that like he thinks what she's doing to Ty is fucked up. And that since she never had a mother, she's taking it out on Ty, which is like a very insane thing to say to someone like that is so it's pretty scalding i think they like make digs at each other Mm -hmm. i like i would feel like he was more of an asshole if she responded hurt but i feel like she's just like oh you're an asshole she brushes it off really quickly and like but it doesn't seem to take it to heart but yeah that's like a really a harsh thing to say to somebody and like i have seen this movie a million times and as a kid i always loved josh like he was one of my first crushes Mm -hmm. ever but watching it now i'm like josh kind of sucks like i don't really like him as a grown-up which is really disappointing because i love paul rudd so much he just seems like one of those guys that you would meet who you're like oh his taste is really cool and he's really smart Mm -hmm. but you almost have to like prove yourself to him that you're not like other girls yeah i feel like i maybe i've just like gone out with so many guys like him yeah like in college that now i'm like i can see through it definitely (laughs) and i like I'm no longer under the facade, but, like, childhood me was like, oh, my gosh, Josh, my dream man. 
Anyways, Cher is like, you know what? I'm making her life better because of all this work that I'm doing. How many girls can say that about you? None. And they go back into the living room where Ty is like singing along to the Mentos commercial. And Josh is like, all right, I'm outie. Well, he doesn't say that. He leaves. And Cher is super pleased with herself. She really is. Next day at school, all the boys are checking out Ty. They're like, ooh, what? The new girl. And Travis gives Ty a flyer to the valley party. At first, Sharon and Dion are like, we are not going to that. It's far and the cops always bust those parties. But Ty is hung up on Travis. And I'm like, he's a cutie and seems mm-hmm. very, very kind. Yeah. So Cher says she needs to capitalize on what she has at the school. Mystery. If Ty strikes while the iron is hot, she can have any guy she wants. Like Elton. And they... Try to get her together with Elton, who is a super popular guy with a rich dad. He's newly single. And Cher saw him checking Ty out. He said, you gave him a toothache. And she's like, what the fuck does that mean? And she's (laughs) like, it's an expression and a lie. I lied. Deanna, I lied to her. Yeah. I'm just trying to get the the juices flowing. So then they have like a little photo shoot after school. I think that's a good Um, tactic. Yeah, Cher is like taking pictures of the crew and I'm like, oh man, I remember the days of photo shoots in high school with your friends with your like shitty camera at the mall, although this isn't at the mall, but it's very cute. Amber is legitimately wearing like Cindy Lou Who hair. I don't know who approved that choice, but it's a bold one. So Cher keeps trying to get Ty and Elton to sit together and like she gets him to put his arm around her. And then Cher pulls Ty aside so that she can take a picture of her holding a rose. And Elton comes over and comments on how cool of a shot it is. And he calls Ty beautiful and asks Cher for a copy of the photo. And I just want to take a moment to talk about Jeremy Sisto in this role because (laughs) he has a very small role, but I think he is absolutely perfect. Like, he plays Elton. Oh, yeah. So well, like, so douchey and, like, insufferable. But somehow very, like, genuine and just, like, the way that he – we'll get to the other scenes, but, like, even the Mm -hmm. part where he gets a good grade and he hugs Cher and, like, kisses her on the cheek, I feel like he just plays it so cool. Yeah, he totally leans into, like, this character. It's great. When I was, like, looking him up, apparently he was, like, the next in line to play Jack in Titanic. Like, he did a screen test with Kate Winslet and he, like, almost booked the role, but then they went with Leo. I'm like, whoa. That could have been him. Imagine how different that would have been. Yeah, he says that that's still, like, to this day one of the big regrets of his career was not booking titanic i mean obviously it was such a huge huge movie how do you live with that (laughs) yeah if you want to watch his screen test with uh, kate winslet it's on the internet wow that night ty is invited to dinner with the horowitzes immediately daddy kicks ty out of his chair just (laughs) on site and um he's also pissed at how healthy the dinner is and he's like share what did you do at school today? And Cher's like, well, I broke in my purple clogs and I'm going to stop you right there. Because to <laughs> me, that sounds fucking essential. And I don't think she needed to do anything else that day other than break in those purple clogs. Mm-hmm. Sounds to As me. As a frequent clog wearer, you would know. I would know. So Deanna calls Cher to tell her that Elton hung the picture of Ty in his locker and everyone is going to the battle party. So we're going to the Val party. Yeah, Ty is freaking stoked. 
So on their way to the Val party, they're driving and Dee and Murray are like arguing about reading the map on how to get there. I'm like, ah, yes, the days before Google Maps. Horrid. Where you just had giant books filled with (laughs) maps. Or you printed out map quest directions. Yeah. So then Cher is giving Ty pointers on how to talk to Elton when they arrive. She's like, leave him wanting more, make him come to you. So they get to the party. Um, Travis is super excited to see Ty. He goes to get her a beer, but when he returns, he like spills it all over Cher's satin shoes. She like freaks out, tries to dry them. And then Travis offers a joint as an apology, which they take. And then Elton comes over with Summer, who suggests that they play Suck and Blow, which I have only ever seen in this movie. I don't know if, is it like a real game that people play? Yeah, I mean, I've heard of it before. I've never played it at a party because it's like pretty intense. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. in any social circle that would do that. But I've, yeah. I've seen it before like on um, like TikTok or whatever. Like it's, mm. it exists. Yeah. So they're playing and Elton drops the card and kisses Cher Definitely not an accident. And she's like, oh, God, Elton, can't you suck? And then right on cue, they hear D screaming in the distance and they rush over. And it's because Murray is getting his head <laughs> shaved with like shaving cream and like a probably like a lady's razor. And um, she is absolutely distraught yeah. and is yelling at him. And she's like, you know what? I'm calling your mother. And he like freaks out and they get into a fight. Apparently this happens all the time. And she spent all of like some dance last year, like crying in the bathroom. Dude, I love the party scenes in movies. Like 10 Things I Hate About You. Everything happens mm. at the party. All the characters get together. You get some like some raunchy shit happening. Like great Yeah, time. they don't do party scenes like they did in the 90s they really don't so ty and Cher are blazed now they're like we had one hit of a j and we're gone so (laughs) they head over to the dance floor and very weird travis (laughs) jumps from the ledge of a fireplace to just like say hi to ty in the middle of the dance floor and for whatever reason she is really impressed by this and they start to flirt that's when Cher notices and drags her away from Travis so Ty can dance to get Elton and they like kind of dance and they're like ooh we're getting your attention but someone's shoe goes flying and knocks Ty in the head she passes out on the ground they like drag her lifeless body to um, the counter (laughs) in the kitchen and Travis comes by with ice and like wants to help and asks if she's okay but Cher shoes him away and is like no we've got it go enjoy the party my poor guy travis let it let yeah. a good man have a little something he just wants to make mm-hmm. sure the girl he likes is okay i think he's the sweetest yeah he like actually very clearly cares about her he's like ty are you okay poor boy but finally ty comes to and elton brings her back out to the dance floor to dance to rollin with the homies remember that song name because it doesn't <laughs> yeah. go away rollin with the homies So Cher is super pleased with herself and she's like, I had to give myself snaps for all the good deeds I was doing. Love is everywhere. Immediately we (laughs) cut to a shot of somebody puking in the pool. It's so good. So daddy then calls Cher and he's like, it's way past curfew. Where the fuck are you? You need to get your ass home in 20 minutes. And she's like, oh, it might take longer than that, daddy. And he's like, everywhere in L.A. takes 20 minutes, which is just simply untrue. L.A. is known for its horrible traffic. 
That's what I was thinking when she said that. Yeah. So they have to leave the party. Elton, Ty, and Cher are on their way out when they run into Summer. And they're talking about, like, who's going to give each other a ride. Cher tries to get Elton to take Ty home so they can spend more time together. But they live in opposite directions. And after, like, a bunch of back and forth, Cher agrees to ride with Elton and Ty goes with Summer. In Elton's car, Cher is just trying to gas up Ty. Elton doesn't want to hear about Ty. He is just singing along to the Cranberries as it plays on the radio. And Elton tells Cher that she's one of his best friends. And she says his happiness means a lot to her, especially after how hard his breakup was. And she's like, I just want to see you settled, you know, with a nice girl. So he pulls over the fucking car in a gas station and it's like i knew it and immediately tries to make out with her because she's totally sprung on him and she's like what the fuck like what about ty apparently he only hung that like picture of ty in his locker because Cher took it and then he keeps like trying to assault her while she's pushing him away and very clearly not giving consent he's like i don't get you you've been flirting with me all year and she is like as if i've been trying to get you with ty and because he is a classist piece of shit he's like why would i go out with ty don't you know who my father is and i'm like electric chair immediately (laughs) he's like honestly just a piece of shit he like tries to keep kissing her she's like no 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 i don't want that so unfortunately Mm -hmm. she has to just get out of the car and he like drives along with her for a little and it's like share get back in the car come on and she's like no so he drives off and share tries to call a cab company but immediately gets robbed at gunpoint And he tells her to get on the ground, but Cher is like, you don't understand. This isn't a lie. It's like a totally important designer. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to shoot you. And she whimpers. He's like, I will totally shoot you in the head. (laughs) She whimpers and gets on the ground and he's like, count to 100 and runs away. What a horrible night. Yeah. She's out of options. She has to call Josh, who at the present moment is like about to have sex with some college girl. Mm-hmm. And she tells him what happened. And he's like, okay, I'll come pick you up, but you owe me. And I'm like, dude, she was literally like sexually harassed and robbed at gunpoint. And you're going to be like, you owe me. What is wrong with you? Just get your sister. Sorry. Yeah. Just get your not sister. Yeah. I'm just like, just go pick her up. That's a very traumatic thing. Like, I understand you don't take her very seriously, but Jesus. So Josh goes and picks up Cher with his neo-lip girlfriend who he brought with him for some reason. And this girl is like ranting about like something pretentious that we don't really know who she's talking about. Like maybe just like a professor or something. And she's like, it's just like Hamlet said, to thine own self be true. Mm. And Cher is like, uh... Hamlet didn't say that. And she's like, I think I remember Hamlet correctly. And she's like, hmm, well, I remember Mel Gibson correctly. And he didn't say that. Polonius did. Bitch. And Josh starts laughing. Yeah. Josh starts laughing. And um, so they eventually they pull up to this girl's house. And Josh is like, I'm going to go walk her to her door, stay out of trouble. He walks her to the door and they like make out. And Cher is disgusted. And she is like, ew, my life is turning into a bigger disaster than Malibu. Simply horrid. The next day in the locker room at gym, off-camera Cher tells Ty what happened, and Ty immediately asks if it's her hips. She's super emotional, 
They say she could do so much better. But yeah, and she's like, if I'm too good for him, then how come I'm not with him? Ladies. Dude. <laughs> and anyone really. What the hell? I have said that to people. Oh, same. And I've heard it said to myself. And I'm just like, it's not the answer. You're not giving me any fucking answers, Sway. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this line would go on to haunt me for years, like years and years. Every time, like, I get rejected and people are like, you're too good for him. And I'm like, then how come I'm not with him if I'm too good? I'm so great. Why is no one with me? Yeah. (laughs) So they decide to cheer Ty up and they're going to blow off school, go to the mall, go see a new Christian Slater movie. Ty is really touched right now. And I think that they're actually really great girlfriends to her, even if they're mm-hmm. trying to like make her over at some point. I think they really genuinely care about Ty and her well-being totally. and happiness. Yeah. So they get to the mall and they're like eating at this restaurant and like, you know, objectifying the waiter. Dion talks about how she likes like big, muscly guys and shares like, oh, I hate muscles. Same. Don't like them. Ty then talks about how she doesn't really care just as long as his you know what isn't crooked. And Dion is like, oh, don't say that in front of Cher. Like, don't freak her out. Yeah. So we learned that Cher is a virgin. Wild. And Cher says, I'm just not interested in doing it until I find the right person. You see how picky I am about my shoes and those only go on my feet. And I'm like, fair. Very fair. She's like, oh, like you're one to talk, D. And Ty is like, no way. Like I thought you and Murray. And she is like, my man is satisfied. But technically, I am a virgin. Mm. Which as a kid, again, I did not understand. But... Now I do. So all of a sudden, Roland with the homies starts playing in the restaurant. Ty starts like crying and she's like, this was our song and just like bangs her head on the table. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just like, Ty, I promise you, you don't like Elton. You never liked him. It's just because they planted these ideas into your head. It's an illusion. You're going to be fine. I really appreciate um. I don't think Cher told Ty. I guess I don't want to say really appreciate it, but I do think Cher didn't tell Ty what happened in the car because yeah. she didn't want her to know that Elton actually liked Cher, which I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a really good friend thing to do. Like, the only reason you would tell Ty is to make her feel bad, you know? Yeah. So at that moment, Cher is like, I need to find someone else for Ty. And in the midst of all her boy turmoil, just ragging on guys from the 90s, a new boy shows up in class. This handsome man struts into Mr. Hall's class, <laughs> and Cher is mesmerized. He has style. He has taste, and his name is Christian. Cher is immediately interested and knocks her pen right off her little desk, and Christian picks it up, and he's like, nice stems. Cher is called up to do her oral presentation on violence in the media, and this time her whole platform is that until mankind is peaceful enough to not have violence on the news, there's no point in taking it out of TV shows. Which I'm like, you've got a point. Like, why are we policing and censoring things that happen on a daily Mm -hmm. basis? Yep. Once again, the class cheers. Elton raises his hand to go to the nurse, which is kind of like his thing, leaving class. Mm -hmm. And Travis gives it a thumbs up. Amber says it reeks, but Christian 
says he dug it. One thing about uh, Christian that I learned is that Paul Rudd wanted to like initially play either Christian or Murray. Interesting. <laughs> when he read the script, he didn't realize that Murray was black. He just thought he was like a hip hop wannabe. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Paul, Speedy, you can't play this role. And it just seems so like out of left field for him to want to play these roles because we know him as like a leading man now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he wanted to play Christian too, which is wild. I think it would be fun to watch him as Christian because it's like mm-hmm. there's more character like comedic stuff happening but he is Mm. very much the leading man yeah so then we see like a little montage of Cher trying to seduce Christian and she does what any normal girl would do sends herself love letters and flowers and chocolates so he can see how desired she is she like basically wears lingerie to school yeah I think this is a great idea personally (laughs) If I, I don't go to school anymore, but like if I was in a workspace or something and I was getting flowers delivered to me to literally show off that I'm desirable to my coworkers, <laughs> like I think that that is a perfect ploy. It's not hurting anyone. You know, maybe there's mm-hmm. like a little trickery foolery, but it's a pretty, uh, I can't think of the word. Foolproof? Yes. I think it is a foolproof strategy to draw attention to yourself. (laughs) I feel like the only thing I would worry about is like if the person saw me like getting flowers or all the stuff, they'd be like, oh, she's clearly like taken or like in something. So like I'm not going to. But I think that if you guys are talking or if like Mm -hmm. a conversation starts bubbling up between you two, you could be like, oh, my God, this guy keeps sending me flowers. But I don't really I don't know. It's only been Mm -hmm. a couple of dates. Yeah, that's true. So after all of these efforts, Christian then asks Cher what's happening this weekend since he's new in town. And she's like, oh, well, like my brother's college friends are having this party. Do you want to come? And he's like, lit, I'll be there. So they have a date. Ooh, it all worked. It all worked. <laughs> At the Horowitz house, Daddy has a giant new case. So a bunch of his employees are working on it in their living room. And Josh is also working on it. They're just going over a ton of depositions, a ton of paperwork. Christian comes over to pick up Cher and she's like, Josh, please just answer the door. I can't come down immediately. I have to keep him waiting a little. It's the mystery. It's the intrigue. It's the romance. Mm. Christian is wearing a fedora. (laughs) Bro, what? Mistake number one. He's wearing like a swing outfit with like the pants that go like the drop Mm. crotcher. I think of like American psycho like situation. Yeah. So Mm. he comes over to meet daddy who is not at all impressed. You think the death of Sammy Davis left an opening in the rap pack is what he says to him. (laughs) So Cher emerges. She does this angelic descent down the staircase in this like white little mini dress. Mm -hmm. And Josh is immediately entranced. He is fully erect. (laughs) He is locked in. I think that Paul Rudd's face in this moment is, like, so endearing because Paul Rudd is so endearing. Yeah. His jaw just, like, dropped. Yeah. So then he decides to ruin it by leaning over to Mel and being like, you're not going to let her go out looking like that, are you? And I'm like, Josh, you don't need to police what she's wearing. Like, we get that you like her, but uh, that's not okay. So then daddy is like, yeah, get in here. And tells her to put something over the dress. And she opts for like this <laughs> completely sheer see-through like floor length yeah. coat, I guess. I'm like smart. 
Smart girl. Yeah. Daddy threatens to murder Christian if anything happens to Cher, and they leave in Christian's crazy nice vintage car. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. in the house, Josh is stressed the fuck out, and he's like, um, maybe I should go to the party. And Mel's like, go. And Josh is like, I will watch her for you. And Mel is not Ugh. an idiot. Mel's not an idiot. He knows what's yeah. happening. We get a little smirk as uh, Josh leaves the door. Yeah, he's surprisingly okay with his stepson dating his daughter. Yeah, he seems to be fine with it. Marriage yeah. was short. You know, it seems like yeah. there's really nothing there. Yeah, he's like, you crazy kids. When are you going to get together? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we get to the party. It's like a big, I guess it's like a warehouse party. I don't really know. I'm not sure either. Yeah. But there's like this ska band that's playing. And I'm like, ah, the days of ska, the heyday of ska. The band looks like they're like, okay, uh, we have day jobs, but we like cover ska music in the evening. (laughs) And they're older. I'm like, how do you get a live band? Like, why don't live bands play at parties anymore? Yeah. All the parties. Well, I guess because we went to school in New York and apartments are tiny, but there was never any live live music at any party that we went to and we went to art school yeah well there was some live music it just wasn't anything that we wanted to hear that's true yeah more experimental than uh my personal taste (laughs) but yeah the party is like popping off everyone's having a great time sharon christian are dancing having a ball ty shows up dressed like a cabbage patch kid wearing these like overall shorts with like a floral pattern on them i love her like express yourself but come on girl yeah it's not a great look she immediately like falls down a flight of stairs upon entering the party it's rough yeah it's she's super embarrassed but Cher's like, don't worry, no one even saw. So then they notice Amber and Elton are dancing and like clearly they're together. Ty is like bummed. She asks Cher if Amber's pretty and Cher's like, oh, she's a full on Monet. From far away, it's okay. But up close, it's a big old mess. Yes. Christian asks Cher for some cash to get drinks at the bar and kisses her on the cheek before going to literally flirt with the bartender. Meanwhile, yeah. Cher and Ty gush about how Christian is falling in love with her. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay, Cher. And Christian just chatting away with the bartender. <laughs> So Ty and Cher notice Josh showed up and Cher and Christian go back to the dance floor while Ty stands by herself as like this little wallflower and Cher actually notices Ty hanging out just being bummed. But then Josh swoops in and they dance together and he really makes her feel like a part of the party. He doesn't want her to feel left out. Yeah, this is this is a good Josh moment. I think it's one of the, yeah. the only good things really he's done so far. But yeah, so like Josh and Cher wave at each other and then he notices that like Christian is way more into dancing with the dude next to him than Cher. And he's like, oh, guess I don't have to worry about him being a threat. (laughs) So the party then ends. Uh, Everyone is gone except for Christian, who's like dancing by himself while Cher and Ty are like super tired and ready to go home. But Christian wants to go to this after party with these guys that he met. And the girls are super tired. So Josh is like, I'll bring them home. And Christian's like, you're a down girl. Like, I'll call you tomorrow. Very weird to me that they were like, I don't know if it's supposed to insinuate his sexuality or something, but, like, the excessive dancing (laughs) is just, like, such a weird, quirky part of his character. Mm -hmm. 
During the car ride, Shara thanks Josh for dancing with Ty and asks if he's noticed a change in her. And he's like, well, she's exploring the challenging world of bear midriffs. And Josh asks Cher why she didn't want to hang out with Christian all night. And she's like, oh, my dad would flip out. You know what? Let's get them takeout. They've been working all day. And Josh is like, that's actually a dope idea. And Cher is like, oh my gosh, like laughing at him using the word dope. Josh is feeling Mm -hmm. good. And they head home together. Everyone is happy that they got food. And she and Josh hang out on the couch. Yeah. So then Josh's mom calls the house looking for him. And he gets Cher to, like, pretend he's not there. Apparently, she wants him to go home for spring break. But Josh doesn't want to deal with, like, her new husband, who apparently sucks and is super critical of him. Mm, Mommy issues. Yeah. So he's like, I'll just stay on campus. And Cher is like, that's stupid. Like, you should just come stay here. You can have your old room. There's going to be some great parties. And he's like, oh, no. Like, you have your whole social world. Like, I don't want to crash it like it wouldn't be fun having a brother type tagging along and Cher is like Josh you are not my brother and those six little words have (laughs) set him free from any weird guilt he's been feeling about totally being in love with Cher so Josh then agrees and he's like I can't believe I'm taking advice from someone who watches cartoons. The next morning, Christian calls and says he has some videos that they can watch together at her place. Cher is like, that's it. That's it. I'm losing it. Tonight's the night. What's going on? I need to call D to get some reinforcements in here. So and they design a lighting concept. They pick out an outfit. Um, she dumps an entire roll of Pillsbury cookie dough on a baking sheet and just sticks that shit right in the oven. Her hair and her makeup get done by D, but Cher's face is like all blotchy and red because she's freaking out. So... Cher says she's so glad she waited to have sex since Christian is brutally hot and she'll remember tonight forever. Girl. Oh, man. Girlfriend. You're not going to remember this night. I promise you. Why would you want to? People are asking. Yeah. So Christian then comes over and she's wearing this like really cute red dress. She looks great. And immediately Christian is like, is something burning? And it's her like disgusting cookie dough roll Mm -hmm. and he's like oh honey you baked which is like sweet he's trying to yeah he's trying to make her feel less embarrassed so they take a tour of like the house and they're out of the pool looking at daddy's sculpture collection um Cher suggests that they go swimming but Christian's like no like let's just go watch the movies so they watch Sun Like It Hot and uh what Cher pronounces as Sporadicus but it's Spartacus Oh. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And then Cher says, Christian has a thing for Tony Curtis. And I'm like, you're still not clued in? Yes. You're still not getting it. Name of the film. Yep. Yeah. So Cher doesn't get anything and she tries to play footsie and Christian's like, "Mm, what? (laughs) So she says her feet are cold and he puts a pillow on them. He's like, fixed it. Problem solved. (laughs) Cher tries to be flirtatious, but he is so into the movie and not into her. And she tries to flip her hair and falls right off the bed. Then Cher offers him wine, but he's like, no. You notice how wine makes some people want to feel sexy? And she says, that's okay. Oof. Yikes. (laughs) So Christian really starts to get what's happening here. And he says he's pretty tired and he should go home. But before leaving, he says, 
Cher's great and he wants to make sure that they are friends. Cher is so confused and she doesn't know where she went wrong. Yeah, I think that the like Christian sexuality storyline is really interesting because I feel like when I watch it as a kid, I always just assume that like he was like out the whole time and like Cher just never picked up on it. But I think watching it now, like I do think he's definitely still closeted at the beginning because he does flirt with her and like make suggestions that he is into her. Mm -hmm. So I think he's like still trying to like figure out his sexuality, even though it's the way that he flirts with her is very much in like an overcompensating way yeah but once he's actually like confronted with the prospect of actually hooking up with her he's like no this is not for me i am not into women yeah i definitely agree like when he walks into class he is coming off a certain type of way like very Mm -hmm. coolly and he could have just picked up her pen and not said a word to her but he explicitly decides to compliment her and not in a seemingly like friendly way in a flirtatious way so it's also interesting because it's like now we see again and again Cher is kind of just like having these moments of like I don't know what's going on. I thought I knew everything mm-hmm. that was going on. I don't know anything that's going on. And with Christian, I think that after this moment, like after basically he like comes out, I guess, that like overcompensating facade of like him trying to be all like smooth and like have all the lines is kind of dropped. Yeah. For like the last scenes that we see him in, he's just kind of like being himself, which is nice. I'm like, good. I'm glad you can be yourself, Christian. So the next scene, Murray is giving Dee a driving lesson while Cher is in the car. They are like bickering as per usual. Cher is trying to figure out what went wrong with Christian. She feels like really embarrassed. She's like, I can't believe that I almost had sex with him. And Murray is like, who are you talking about? And she's like, Christian. And he immediately starts laughing his ass off. And he's like, are you blind? And says he is a disco dancing, Oscar Wilde reading, Streisand ticket holding friend of Dorothy. He's gay. And then they realize that he is totally right. And Cher is like, oh my God, I feel like such a bonehead. And what's interesting about this moment is Murray doesn't seem to like have any issue with yeah. him being gay. He's just like, He's just like, brother, what? You've been missing some really <laughs> key steps. Yeah. Which I think is very ahead of its time for like 95, especially when you look at a movie like Bring It On, which came out in 2000. And there's so much homophobia in that. And this like dude's dude, Murray, is just like, yeah, he's gay. Yeah, there are a couple of moments like that in the film, like with the PE teacher who Shara mm-hmm. says into woman. They yeah. never like... I feel like the movie doesn't have, like, a lot of, like, mean shit other than Amber, but her comments are so benign that I don't really care. Totally. No one in the movie is, like, particularly catty. Like, Dion and Cher aren't mean girls. They're more just, like, popular rich girls. Totally. So, as that is all happening and this realization is coming to light, they realize Dion got on the freeway and they start freaking the fuck out murray tries to guide her through it a biker gang rides past them and an old couple like flips them off and then a tractor trailer drives right behind them and is like honking his horn at them nightmare fuel this is why i'm never gonna get a license i i can't deal with that yeah she swerves and lets go of the wheel but murray helps her and finally eventually they pull off the exit and he is like just breathe you did a great job and it's actually a really cute moment between them Mm -hmm. they start making out d's virginity went went from technical to non-existent i think 
Mm. Yeah. Cher realizes how much she wants a boyfriend of her own. Yeah. So next we're at the mall. Cher and Christian are now fully just pals that shop together. They notice that like Ty is sitting on like the guardrail of the second floor with these two guys. Mm -hmm. And then they like hang her over the guardrail upside down. That's pretty insane. I'm like, what the fuck? And she starts screaming, obviously. Christian runs over and like saves her. He yells at the dudes for being so reckless. And then Ty runs over to Sharon Christian and he's like oh my god like let's get you home for some R&R. It's pretty intense moment very fucked up and weird but like you know what we're fine we're good but not at school everyone is fucking talking about it and they're talking about Ty and her brush with death and Ty is loving the attention. The rumor is that some gang members tried to shoot Ty at the mall, and Cher tries to make plans with Ty as she retells the story of her, like, near-death experience. But Ty is getting pretty popular, and she's like, mm, I don't know, I don't think I'm free, like, I have plans. And Travis even comes up to talk to Ty, and this is a trick where he spits in the air and catches it. But Ty is like, mm, don't you soccer's prefer that grassy knoll over there? It's like the tables have turned. Like, share. Mm-hmm. This is what you wanted. You wanted to make Ty popular. What's the problem? Why aren't you happy now? And then yeah. Ty just like totally off the rails, not even being nice to Travis. Poor guy. Yeah. Cher notices finally how mean they are to Travis because she can see his face when Ty says that to him. Mm-hmm. And Cher is just really confused for everything that's going on right now. Yeah. So back at her house, Cher is like freaking out because she can't find the outfit that she wants to wear for her driving test. Apparently it's at the cleaners. So she asks their maid Lucy to call them. Then she's like, oh, by the way, like I need you to talk to the gardener about the hedges. And Lucy is like, he's your gardener. Like, why don't you talk to him? And she says, Lucy, you know I don't speak Mexican. Share. 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 Yeah. And then Lucy, of course, gets mad and she says that she's not Mexican and walks away. And Cher is like, what's her problem? And Josh is like, Lucy is from El Salvador. It's a completely different country. And Cher starts like freaking out and is like really pissed and storms off. And Josh calls her a brat. Yeah. The way that they like make this scene happen, it's right when Cher is like realizing the social dynamics and how she's Mm -hmm. upset that she's like not the center of attention or that maybe Ty has like surpassed her level of popularity. So to bring go from that scene to like the Horowitz house where she's like again proved wrong and like proved clueless. Mm -hmm. So Right off of that horrible interaction, Cher goes to her driving test, and she's just having an awful time. She apologized to Lucy, but she still feels incredibly awful during her driving test, and she's, like, driving in between two lanes, just, like, right on the line. And she's way too preoccupied about what Josh thinks about her. She almost kills a cyclist. She crashes into some parked cars and shockingly fails the driving test. Yeah. So Cher's feeling like a pile of trash. She gets home to find Josh and Ty are playing hacky sack. I would end it. By the pool. I would <laughs> jump out the window. Yeah. So she has to tell them that she didn't pass. So her and Ty go inside and Ty's like, I'm really sorry about your test, but I'm glad you're here because I need your help. They go to the fireplace and Ty says that she wants to burn some things that remind her of Elton because she is so over him. 
So it's like the towel that he used to ice her head at the Val party and the cassette tape of the song Rollin' with the Homies, which they don't burn because you should not burn cassette tapes. Why? Because like the fumes, like you don't, you shouldn't throw like plastic and stuff in fire. Yeah. I thought that she had always said that because she was like, you might want that later. That makes way more sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's it's a hazard. Don't throw plastic in a fireplace. <laughs> so Cher is like, why are you doing this now? And Ty is like, well, I found someone new. Someone who makes Alton look like a loser. It's Josh. And Cher is like, <laughs> what? So she tells Cher that she has to help her get Josh and that she thinks that he likes her too because he's always touching her or tickling her. And he danced with her at that party. Cher is having a bad time. She asked Ty if she's sure she'd be a good match with Josh. She's like, you know what, Josh is a huge school nerd. And Ty is like, do you think I'm some mentally challenged airhead? And she's like, "Mm, well, we wouldn't match. We wouldn't match. Why would I take advice from you? You're a virgin who can't drive. Yeah. And when Brittany Murphy said that line, she was a virgin who couldn't drive. Yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. clueless. She's the no guy. <laughs> so Sherish just like that was really harsh, and Ty is like, I'm sorry, but we should talk when we've both calmed down and heads out. Cher feels terrible. She tries to go shopping to cheer herself up while All By Myself plays in the background. She's like, everything I do and everything I think is wrong. We've all been there. We've all had those days. Cher then questions, like, why she did all this meddling in the first place and that, like, the Josh and Ty thing is really throwing her. She doesn't get why she can't just be happy for them. And she starts, like, listing all the negative things about Josh. Like, why does Ty even like him? But then she's like, okay, he is kind of a Baldwin, but Ty couldn't make him happy. Like, he needs someone with imagination to take care of him, to laugh at his jokes. And then it hits her. Like a freaking semi. Oh my God. <laughs> I love Josh. Zero to 100 real quick. Yeah. But then she doesn't know how to act around him because she can't use any of her normal, like, flower sending, chocolate eating tricks. It doesn't always work, right? You can't use it for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back at home, Josh and Cher are watching coverage. <laughs> They're literally watching coverage on Bosnia, dude. I, like, yeah. can't handle that. And Josh asks Cher what's up, and she is just confused. She's like, I thought they declared peace in the Middle East. And Cher... Oof. Yeah, she's just, like, on a whole other level. Later that night, her father's in his office, and Cher just starts pacing back and forth in front of it. And he's finally like, hey, what's up? Come inside. So (laughs) she goes in, and she's like, maybe I could help you with something. And he's like... Fine, yeah. You can uh, highlight these telephone conversations. And Cher asks her dad if he's ever had a problem he couldn't argue his way out of. And that's when she reveals that she likes a guy, but he doesn't like her back. And Cher's dad is like, how could that be? I know I'm worried about you and this guy if he's that stupid. And she's like, I don't know. I feel wretched. And her dad just calls the boy a moron and says that she is the prettiest girl in Beverly Hills and she feels inadequate for this guy. But her father tells her that she takes care of everyone in this house and he hasn't seen such good doing since her mother. It's like 
a great moment. I love the relationship that they have. Yeah, it's so nice to watch. He's like such a good dad. He cares about his daughter so much. He like even cares about his former stepson. Like he's still very involved in his life, which I feel like is rare to see from like a father in a movie because usually they're not very involved. But he's like this high powered career lawyer who like everyone is afraid of, but has such like a soft spot for his children. Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful. So then the next day at school, Cher realizes that she needs a makeover of the soul. So she decides to get involved with helping the victims of the Pismo Beach disaster with Miss Geist. She starts raiding her pantry and her closet for things to donate. She even donates her skis. Josh is like super impressed to see that she's being so selfless. She uses her popularity to get people to sign up to help. So she's like running this uh, donation drive and Travis shows up with some boxes, including his old bongs, which he no longer needs because apparently he's in a 12 step program for weed, which seems like some like 90s like dare. Yeah, weird. I guess it's just like for drugs. Like, I don't really get it, but. I'm like, if this is making you be a better you, then do you. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I'm in this program. And one of the steps is apologizing. So I wanted to apologize for ruining your satin shoes at the Val party. And she's like, oh, my God, like, don't even worry about it. And he's like, yeah, like, sobriety has given me a totally new outlook on my skating. And he gives her this flyer for the Amateur Skateboarding League. ASL, <laughs> which he's competing in this weekend, and invites her to come. And she's like, Yeah, I'll be there. They go to the amateur skateboarding league, and Ty approaches Cher, and she's like, I felt so awful about our conversation. Cher says she feels so horrible for what she said, too, and they apologize and make up. Just a really nice moment between these two women in the film that realize, like, I don't care if we're having these, like, opinions. Like, boys don't matter. Our friendship matters. Mm -hmm. That's all that's important. So Travis gets up to perform. It's his turn in the competition, and he does a great job. He gets an amazing score and shares, like, I had no idea he was so motivated, but Ty's like, I did. Because you should always Mm -hmm. have faith in your significant other, okay? Yeah. Travis and Ty wave at each other and Cher is like, okay, Josh is totally out of the picture. Yeah, I'm glad that Ty and Travis finally get to just be together since they liked each other from the beginning of the movie. The first scene. Yeah. So at the house, Cher and Josh are like working on some depots with one of the lawyers. They're getting mighty cozy. And Josh is just like staring lovingly at Cher when the lawyer dude is like, oh, where are these files? turns out that like Cher filed them incorrectly and that put them behind like a whole day so this dude starts like yelling at Cher and Josh is like hey she didn't know calm down Cher apologizes and the lawyer tells her to go back to the mall so she runs out really upset what an awful thing to say also her father's your boss yeah, you're going to insult the most beloved person in his life. Yeah. You're fired immediately. <laughs> like, your career is done, dude. What is wrong with you? Yeah, he's, like, on one. He's clearly done for the day. Like, whatever. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know how to make this sound witty. He's just, like, a piece of shit. So Josh is like, what is your problem? And the lawyer calls Cher a moron. Josh defends Cher, and he's like, she isn't a moron. And if you were paying attention to your assignment, 
this wouldn't have happened. And the lawyer's like, well, if you hadn't been playing footsie with that dumb kid, this wouldn't have happened. This is a multi-million dollar case, not a chance for puppy love. And he walks out the front door. Yeah, good luck finding a new job, buddy. So Cher's sitting at the top of the stairs. Josh, like, finds her there. And she's like, did I really ruin the lawsuit? He's like, no, you didn't. I'll take care of it. That dude is the one that screwed up. And he's like... Can you imagine that that nerve of that guy, like imagine? saying that we we were like, I mean, I mean, unless I don't know, maybe. And Cher's like, you know, you've been very dedicated to the case, and he's like, yeah, I mean, it's good experience. Since I want to be a lawyer, but like, you don't need to be doing this. Like, you should be going out and like having fun, go shopping. And she's like, oh, you think that's all I do? I'm just a ditz with a credit card. And he's like, no, that's not what I meant. I just meant, like, you're young and beautiful. And she's like, and? And he's like, um. Um, uh. <laughs> uh and she's like, you think I'm beautiful? And he's like, mm, you know, you know that you're gorgeous, all right, and popular, but that's not why I come here. Okay, don't get it freaking twisted, okay? <laughs> and he's like, I want to help out Mel because he's the only one who cares about me. And Cher says, that's not true. And he's like are you saying that you care about me? And finally, Josh just kisses her and they look at each other and he's like, mm. and then Cher smiles and they kiss again. And then she's like, well, you can guess what happened next. Cut to a wedding. What? Psych as if she's only oh, 16. <laughs> it's Miss Geist and Mr. Hall's wedding. It looks like it's at Cher's house. Yeah, it's like gorgeous. Which is weird. And I was yeah. like on a teacher's salary in this economy. Yeah, could never. Um, apparently the entire class was invited, which, what? That doesn't happen. And Cher is in the wedding party, but I guess she did like get yeah. them together. Which they must know that it was her whole idea. Yeah. There's no way that the facade was kept up that no. long. The girls are, like, all sitting at their table. They're talking about their future weddings. Dion talks about how she wants, like, a sailor theme. Oh, it's so wretched. Absolutely atrocious. And the guys are like, can you believe, like, they're planning our fucking weddings already? So then the PE teacher, who's wearing, like, a full white tux, comes over and tells Cher, Dion, and Ty that it's time to throw the bouquet. But before they go, Josh pulls Cher aside and he's like, there's um, a pool going on between the guys to see which girl will catch the bouquet. And Cher's like, it's in the bag. So the bouquet is thrown and the girls all fight for it while the guys are laughing at them because they're like on the ground. And Cher comes out the victor. She goes up to Josh and they have this romantic kiss and the movie ends. And young Paul Rudd is just so attractive. Yeah. He's just attractive. Oh my God. I love this movie. I think the writing is like so fucking good. It yeah. was hard taking notes to even like paraphrase what they were saying because the initial text is brilliant yeah exactly there's so much that goes on in this movie too and like fitting it in seamlessly over the course of pretty mm -hmm. much an entire school year uh is pretty yeah. insane i definitely saw more nuance and like you really follow share throughout a long time like of multiple months of just like oh here i thought i knew what i was doing i didn't know what i was doing and it's a really accurate representation of a high school girl's life mm-hmm and yeah, I think she's just like a very well-rounded character that we get to see like go on this journey. I agree. Which is great. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like the show of female friendship. I feel like it's super genuine. I mean, I don't love Josh <laughs> now that I watch it. Yeah, but, I get that. you know, I don't think that they were ever like destined to get married or anything. They probably dated for like a few months <laughs> and then called it quits. He is in college after all. So, yeah, I think it's just a great movie to watch when you um, don't want to watch anything super heavy. And I do think that mm -hmm. there is like a lot of joy that can be taken just from like the aesthetic value and like, yeah, like you were saying, just the writing being so witty and like fun and charming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a 90s movie, like to the nines yeah. from the way it looks to the way they talk to the things that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a nice time. It's a good time to watch yeah. Clueless. Delightful. So shall we give it a rating? Yeah. I want to say like a 7.5. Yeah, I was thinking like a, like an 8, 7.5, 8. Yeah. Yeah, I did 7.5. I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. It's just not my like favorite yeah i definitely watched it like a ton because it was one of the dvds that we had in china and it came out <laughs> a year before we were born so i watched it a lot yeah. growing up um yeah we can go with the 7.5 i'm down with yeah that. let's do 7.5 yeah guys go watch clueless you won't regret the time you spent yeah you really won't well, thank you so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, don't forget to rate, like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your, your mm -hmm. caregivers. Yeah, put it on your Instagram story. Oh, yeah, we love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you tag us, we'll always share it. You can follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if you leave us a review, feel free to reach out to us and we can chat in the DMs. Yeah, let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mo and Christina and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. <laughs>